Welcome to BCL Coast to Coast, the official podcast of the Basketball Champions League. My name is Austin Green. There are no games to recap this week as the BCL returns from its holiday break Tuesday, January 7th and Wednesday, January 8th. But we still wanted to put out a podcast for you guys to preview game day 10 and talk about some of the news and notes from around the league. Joining me to do that, as he does every week, is David Hein over in Germany. Dave, how are you doing this week? Yeah, looking forward to a, a return to action and uh, happy new year to to you and to all of the listeners, uh, players, teams, anybody else out there. Um, welcome to 2020. May it be a uh, a great year for everybody. And uh, only one of only one of the teams will celebrate at the end of BCL championship. But everybody can, uh, and uh, hopefully, everybody has a good year and um, and no losers. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's uh, good to get a fresh start for 2020 and good to jump back in with the Basketball Champions League. Joining us on this week's show is Jeff Taylor, a play-by-play commentator for LiveBasketball.tv. He has done a lot of work commentating on games for the Basketball Champions League and FIBA games in the summers and during the international windows. Uh, Jeff is one of the voices of international basketball, so it's always great to catch up with him and talk about some hoops. So stay tuned for that coming up uh, in a couple minutes. Make sure you visit the official website, championsleague.basketball, for all of the latest news and analysis. Uh, You can go look at the standings and see where these teams are as we head down to the home stretch of the regular season. And right now on the website, we have Igor Jerkovic's top 10 MVP rankings. Deacon Lloyd-Smith wrote a closer look on Rastafecta that featured some great quotes from their head coach, Pedro Calles. And Demetrius Contos wrote about Zaragoza's Nicolas Brusino. So go check all of that out on the website. And Dave, you also have a couple articles that have been published recently. Uh, what did you write about? Yeah, I did uh, the next installment of the homegrown, uh, looking at the youth players um, in the league. Uh, I looked at uh, Kai Fun de First de Fries, uh, who's um, not quite a homegrown since he's actually from uh, Netherlands playing in Belgium. Uh, but just too too much of a talent not to uh, give him a, a chance to be highlighted and um, kind of talked about his um, the the history that he's made with the 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 Netherlands national team and uh, already having played uh, for the senior national team as the youngest player ever in that country. Um, he only turned seventeen just a couple of days ago. And uh, and actually, how he's hoping to maybe make some history this year with Ostend to, to get to the playoffs for the first time, uh, and then also wrote a piece about the DeLeo brothers, um, TJ and and Max, with uh, Telecom Baskets Bond and Rastafesta respectively, um, kind of their background and uh, kind of uh, how they got into basketball. Their father was a um, uh, was actually the GM and for for part time also the head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers during the Allen Iverson years. Um, and uh, so, um, yeah, it was a, uh, it was a fun, uh, fun piece to, to write and uh, hope you guys uh, enjoy that. But yeah, loads of copy right now. Uh, we may be on Christmas break, new year's break, but uh, the writers uh, are definitely doing, uh, doing, uh, doing a good job and, in, in, in keeping all the BCL uh, fans, um, uh, you know, providing them with 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 copy and content to to keep them uh, busy during the break. 
Yeah, so make sure you go to championsleague.basketball to read all of those. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at basketballcl. And of course, subscribe to livebasketball.tv to watch all of those games live or on demand. Coming up next, we have our conversation with play-by-play commentator Jeff Taylor. We talk about some MVP picks for this part of the season, some title favorites looking ahead to the postseason, breakout players and teams that we've enjoyed watching, and a few other topics as well. So stay tuned for that. Dave and I will catch you on the other side of that conversation to talk about some of the latest signings and transfers within the Basketball Champions League and preview game day 10. But coming up next, our conversation with Jeff Taylor. Unbelievable! Cometh the hour, cometh the man! All right, so on the show this week, we have Jeff Taylor, um, one of the announcers for the Basketball Champions League games. Uh, Jeff, thanks for coming on the show again. Thanks very much. I look forward to uh, discussing some basketball Champions League stuff. We've had a little bit of a break, but um, obviously it's a crunch time in the season, you know, past the midway point. So it's pretty exciting uh, with all the clubs trying to balance their domestic commitments and um, at the same time, you know, trying to advance in Europe. But that's what it's all about. Um, you've been on the show uh, a couple times last season, maybe for those who are new to the show um, and who don't know, let's say the, the, the background behind the voice, uh, maybe just give us a quick rundown on where people have heard, uh, your dulcet tones calling basketball games. Uh, so people kind of just, uh, know a little bit who, who you are and where they've heard you. Well, if you want to go way back, uh, the first would have been a Eurobasket in 1997 in Barcelona and, uh, then the world the World Cup, the World Cha- then called the World Championship uh, in Athens the following year. The anyway, so that was kind of the the, the beginning, and um, and in you know since probably 2005, you know I've, I've been a, a voice doing all of the Eurobaskets and the FIBA World Championships, now called the FIBA Basketball World Cup, and and um, just done done a lot of different national team tournaments, basketball champions games obviously every season the first three seasons and the final fours and uh to put it mildly it's been um a a great you know a great time uh i think we've talked about this before remembering uh 2006 has been kind of like the high watermark for me that that incredible world cup that was in japan and um you know since that time there's just been so many great games, talking points, uh, basketball players coming and going, some basketball players coming and never leaving, like Luis Scola. Yeah, as you mentioned, Basketball Champions League, you've been uh, on board. Um, so uh, let, let's let's move into this season. Um, if you, if you want to hear more uh, about Jeff's long history, um, go back and uh, check out the um, episode, uh, one of the, fir- the first episode with him. Um, I'm drawing a blank on exactly when it is, but we'll, we'll have it, uh, we'll have it in the, in the, in the show notes. Um, so let, let's kind of move into this season. Uh, you mentioned we're a little bit past the halfway point. Um, Igor Jerkovic put up his third checkpoint. He called it on the MVP race. Um, 
that's available on 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 the uh, on the website now. Maybe your thoughts about who you would pick if you had to uh, if you had to select somebody as an MVP right now. Who would you who would you pick? Uh, I'd have to probably go uh, with Shermadini, just like Igor did. You know, he's um, a player that uh, teams struggle to get to grips with. He's reliable source of points. Um, you know, he can affect games on both ends of the floor. He's, you know, he's just reliable and uh, experienced. You know, I, I think that what you see with the Basketball Champions League is it, the experience counts for a lot. Uh, and Shermadini has got a lot of that experience, whether it's been playing for Georgia or the various, you know, national, the various, excuse me, club teams that he's played for in his career. And um, I, w- I would have to say, if I were going to maybe add somebody to the to the top ten, maybe Tony Roten from Anvil Voslavic. You know, he, you know, who would have picked Anvil to be where they are? right in the thick of things. And, um, you know, if you, if you look at them and you look at uh, the contributions that he provides on a weekly basis, you know, he's been pretty solid, but, but overall, uh, Shermadini has, uh, has been full of excitement and, um, yeah, I, I would definitely give him the, the edge, uh, come, you know, just past the midway point. Yeah. So Shermadini's, uh, number one on Igor's rankings. Number two, he had Howard St. Ruse, who I think Dave and I both picked, uh, a couple of weeks ago when we did like a halfway point MVP yeah, uh, Saint, discussion. St. Ruse is my guy. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think I would maybe still go with him over Shermadini, but you can't can't really go wrong with either of those guys. Uh, D- Dave, what's what's your case for St. Ruse? Uh, I think I don't remember exactly what the the minutes that uh, Shermadini was playing somewhere in the 20, 21, 23 minutes somewhere I would imagine. And uh, just the fact that San Ruz is, you know, he's played games of 40 minutes and, and is such a, we, there's so many guards, so many wings that are really, really uh, strong in this league. And the fact that he's able to, you know, really shut them down and, and still really be effective uh, also playing point guard this year uh, more than he has in the past. Uh, just that really two way. Um, that's why I would go with him. Yeah, and an, another guy in Igor's, uh, the, the rest of his uh, top five, I'll, I'll round it off here. He has Dijon Pierre at number three, Keith Langford also from Ike at number four, and Mustafa Fall at number five. Uh, so, Jeff, lo- looking at Ike, they have two guys who are in the top five for the MVP rankings right now. Uh, that I think that's, you know, they, they've got to be considered title favorites at this point uh, with a couple other teams. Who are you looking at as kind of you know the early uh, championship contenders that have stood out to you so far? Well, I think with uh, yeah with uh, Saint Ross being in that you know um, as well as Keith Langford, obviously I think that helps helps their case for being MVPs because uh, they play they play on a great team and they play off each other and that really helps and and uh, I think with the addition of Jure Grant. Obviously, that's only going to make Ike stronger. And once again, here we are talking about Ike being among the favorites and, and maybe the favorite. But it's kind of hard to look past them right now uh, when you consider especially the experience of Langford and his ability to create something out of nothing. But, you know, at the end of the day, you've got two seasons. You've got a regular season and then you've got a playoffs and uh, you're going to have to win in the playoffs. Uh, and you're just one upset away or you're, you know, one great performance uh, from another team 
from from going out. I would also like to think that maybe Telecom Baskets Bonn. Uh, that's an exciting team. Uh, they're you know even though it's a very tight group, they're right up at the top, and uh, I think they can play with anybody. I'm you know they can also lose to anybody. So uh, you know in terms of uh, just marching to the title right now, I can't really see anybody doing that. Um, but those are, you know, those are a couple of teams that I would, I would definitely keep an eye on um, moving forward. In terms of uh, Zaragoza, uh, maybe I, I still find it hard to believe they're, they're as uh, high up in the rankings as they are in Spain. Um, and maybe, you know, I think that they're third right now uh, this far into the season, which is quite impressive. I think Hapoel uh, Bank, Yahab Jerusalem, obviously, you know, they, they're going to be in the reckoning. And um, maybe I, I'm not entirely sold on Nimberg. Uh, I think they're they're a, a fun team to watch. But Abir Sartenrife and Ike, former champions, they've been there. Obviously, a lot of new players. Abir Sartenrife, they still got the same coach, but a whole cast of new characters, um, a whole cast of new players. So I think that's that's your favorites. And we haven't really spoken about Dinamo Sassari other than uh, talking about Pierre, um, but uh, possibly. Possibly an, uh, a team that could contend as well. But Ike, Hopwell, Bank, Yahav Jerusalem, and Aberistar Tenerife, and I would even throw Bond in there as, uh, as a possibility. Austin, what do you think about that? Any, anybody else that you had in there that you think uh, should be, should be uh, put in there? Maybe Turk Telecom, uh, just because you know, Mustafa Fall can be such a, such a big presence around the rim. Uh, but I, I think you know, Ike, Tenerife, Jerusalem, that, that kind of seems like the big three to me right now. But like Jeff was saying, you know, it's, it's, you're only one upset away in the playoffs. And uh, it's a, it seems like a, a more unpredictable season this year, maybe even the, than the past couple of years. Yeah. I think, I think probably uh, again, uh, just like you said, I think you're, I think that pretty much covers them. Uh, one thing you, I think you need to really have, you know, guys that step up in, in, in big moments, you know, like a Langford, you know, like a Feldeen and, and, and the one thing that Tenerife worries, worries me about, I know I've mentioned this a couple of times on the show is those three pointers, you know, if they're, if they're not hitting them, you know, which they really haven't done this season, you know, that, that takes a big, um, aspect out of their game. I mean, they're eight and one, uh, regardless, but, uh, that is, that is still one thing that kind of, uh, worries me. Um, Jeff, maybe, maybe breakout players, breakout teams this year, um, that kind of have, um, you know, surprised you a little bit, you know, uh, you didn't see them, see them coming or, or, or a, a rookie, a professional rookie coming over who's kind of, uh, really impressed you. I've loved watching. Um, I mean, I think Anvil is, you know, to have a team from Poland playing in front of, uh, such a energetic gym. Uh, I mean, there are a lot of, a lot of fun to watch and I think it's great. I, it's great for them, for the Basketball Champions League, to have a team like them uh, doing well and being in that top four of of that, what really shapes up to be just a fantastic group uh, when you think about it, um, uh, as well as Group D. I've really liked uh, seeing Trigvi Lennison um, move to Zaragoza, the Icelandic center. Um, maybe short on experience, but incredible athleticism. And it's funny how he can kind of all of a sudden become a major factor in a game. You know, he's, I, was, I can't remember which game I was doing, but he was uh, kind of slow starting. And then the fourth quarter came around and all of a sudden he was blocking shots and dunking. You know, he, you can almost depend on him to get three or four dunks a game. 
about three or four block shots a game. So Zaragoza, to me, even though they're they're a Spanish club, and you would think automatically the Spanish teams um, should be great. I mean, they, I don't. They haven't been quite as convincing as I would have anticipated them to be. Um, but maybe Bond, Telecom Baskets Bond, have uh, been a really pleasant surprise. I mean, they play they play terrific basketball, and and they're never out of it. You know, I mean, they've they've come back from from late deficits to win games. So I think you've really got to tip your hat to them. Falco Volcano Sombote came out of the qualifiers. Wow, five and four. I mean, this is a team that. You know, I think they're punching above their weight. I think you really got to pay tribute to uh, the season that they've had so far. They're in the top four, but still with a lot of work to do. And Liet Cablis have been on on quite a run, haven't they? Uh, now four and five. Um, I think they've won like four out of the last five. Philo Ostend, I've, I've watched them, and I, I can't for the life of me imagine how this team has won <laughs> four of their nine games. I just think that the, uh, you know, they've got some – some exciting players, some talented players, but a lot of inexperience. Um, I think Dario Georgia has done a fantastic job with that team uh, for them to be in contention. I mean, I, I would almost go, go so far as to say it would almost be a miracle for that team to finish in the top four. But, you know, the way it's going, they've given themselves a chance. And um, you know what? You better be ready to play uh, when you come up against these teams because on any given night they can come out and they can win a close game and – uh, they have certainly been, uh, you know, they've given themselves a great shot. Yeah, Dave, anybody you would add to that as some kind of breakout players or, or teams that have surprised you? I know uh, your your boy Zach Hankins, probably not necessarily a surprise to you, but I would say he qualifies as a breakout player. You know, actually, our two, our last two guests, um, you know, you look at uh, Emmanuel uh, Terry and then uh, and Zach Hankins, yeah. you know, both of those guys – all right, I kind of picked them to to do something, but you know, picking somebody to do something and them actually, you know, actually doing it is two different things. And and I think a lot, I think very few people had either of these guys on their radars. And and really, you know, your hats off to both of um, Nimbrook and and uh, and uh, Bandirma for bringing these guys in and, and giving them, you know, uh, really all the chances uh, that they need to 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 do what they're doing. Uh, team, I don't know, I I. I you know, you know. Also, you know, we kind of picked them, but just you know, we talked about uh, Nimbrook as as far as you know what they you know bringing in the young Americans, which is a really you know um, it's a it's something it's a it's a phenomenon that you know you don't really see very often young Americans and old domestic players, and so that's been really kind of uh, you know in in my eyes kind of a surprise. Uh, what do you got? Yeah, I think uh, I, I think we could put Ross Effecta on that list. Mm-hmm. They had a you know they had a really great season in Germany last year. Uh, but to see them, you know, playing as well as they are in, in a really tough group B and playing a really fun brand of bass too, uh, that, that's been cool to watch. And then like, like Jeff mentioned, Falco, uh, I don't think, you know, I don't think anybody saw this coming. I probably expected them to win just a couple games, you know, maybe one or two at this point, but they're on a three game winning streak and they haven't lost at home yet. So that, that's been cool to see with, uh, with Zoltan Peril running the show there. Uh, Javante Reddick is, is a really strong big man. So yeah, Fal- Falco have been fun to watch. And then they have that, that fortress, uh, in, in the home <laughs> arena, which is, which is pretty cool. 
Yeah, and, and and Jeff, not to burst burst your bubble at all, but as good as Bond has been in the uh, um, uh, in the in the basketball champions, yeah, they're dropped down to two and ten now. Um, and actually, I, um, if I'm not mistaken, they they just lost to, uh, I think they lost to Hamburg uh, last week or the week before. So and and Hamburg's really been struggling in their first season uh, up in the in the BBL. So. Uh, things are not working well uh, in in the uh, not, in the BBL. I'm I'm not selling the stock as, as as Austin knows very well, but I'm not I'm not unhappy with that result. I'm a big fan of Mike Taylor, as yeah, are yeah, you and yeah, everybody yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. We're all happy for Mike when he gets those wins for Hamburg. Um, yeah, no, I mean I I think if you watch them playing the basketball champions, like they play great basketball. They play great team basketball. I don't get to watch them in Germany. Um, yeah, looking at that list though of MVPs, and you talk about who you know, which player you think would, who, who would you like to have in your team when that game is on the line? What about uh, one one of the players that Igor mentioned? Uh, for me, is just one of the most exciting players out there, and it's uh, David Holston. I mean, what a great example for any kid that wants to play basketball. I mean, this guy is not the biggest guy, and he takes on the world. So I was glad to see him actually mentioned in that MVP race uh, for Dijon. And I'm really wondering if uh, Dijon are going to be able to hold on because I think you would have probably said at the beginning of the year they would have been a surprise to start as fast as they did. I think they won, what, their first four games. Um, and now it looks like they've come back down to earth and, you know, they're going to do well to to get into the postseason. So uh, that'll be that'll be an interesting one. And I think also if our man Dijon hadn't got injured uh, for Poe, I think he would be in the MVP race. I mean, his uh, just reflecting back on that incredible performance at Burgos was just breathtaking. I mean, I, I get excited just thinking about how well he played. I'm so disappointed that he picked up an injury and was lost for the season. Yeah, 35 points in that game uh, against Burgos was, was pretty incredible. Uh, Jeff, who are some of the uh, the most fun teams to watch in the league this season? Like, if you had to recommend. Uh, two or three teams to somebody is like you you have to check these three teams out uh, who would you say you you know have been kind of the most enjoyable to watch I think without question uh, you got to throw Anvil in there um, yeah. I think they're a lot of fun I think um, I'm just looking through the list here uh, Nimberg Aaron Nimberg fantastic uh, they can get up and down the floor play above the rim and I like Dijon. I like I like how they get after teams and play upbeat, fast basketball. And once again, I'll go back to Bonn. I, I enjoy them despite their struggles in Germany. Um, I think they've got some some players that really go to the basket uh, and and make it make it exciting. Uh, and I'm speaking of Bruinig, for example, who's always tough. Uh, Polas Bartolo. Um, and is it Simon Benjamin Simmons or Simons, as well as um, Brandon Fraser? Yeah, Brandon Fraser, McKinney and Jones. That's that's a that's a really it's a good loaded team. Also, uh, Anthony Deleuze, Mister Clutch. Uh, you know he seems to pop up and make big plays only you know when it's when it's needed. That's when he shows up. So anyway, that that's been a fun team for me to watch. I I, I think Brindisi. Is another another team with all those athletic guys that you know? Uh, you know, we've been I've been talking all season. I, if they were to have like a six, 
you know, 6'10", you know, shot blocker, somebody who could also get an inside basket, they would, you know, I think that they could definitely be a Final Four contender. You know, they're struggling right there in that five and four and five, five and four uh, um, mix there in, in Group D. Um, that's another, you know, team I've been really enjoying watching. Uh, Austin, Austin, you got anybody else that, that have been has been uh, fun for you? Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, Hapoel Jerusalem is always really fun. Um, Anvil, like, like Jeff mentioned, I've, I've loved watching Tony Roden and Ricky Lado, uh, and then, you know, kind of those, those stars operating within Igor Milicic's system has, has been pretty fun. Uh, you know, he's, he's one of the, one of the best coaches at drawing up out of time out plays and, and stuff like that. So to see him be able to work with those guys who have, you know, NBA caliber talent, that that's been really cool to watch. Um, and yeah, and, and Rost Effecta, I would put in there as well. A lot of, you know, fast paced three point shooting team. They're, they're pretty cool to watch. Okay. Jeff, get out your, uh, your standings page of the BCL for this one, uh, team currently fourth or fifth in their group who could be the most dangerous team in the playoffs. Fourth or fifth. Um, that's a great question. Um, well, I think you could throw Brindisi in there, uh, at four and five, they're in fifth place. Uh, as you said, they've got some great talent, some athleticism. Uh, Brussel Bamberg, I think, are much better than their four and five record. Uh, you know, if they can start to play well at the business end of the season and get into the playoffs, maybe they could pull off a repeat of last year, like when they won uh, that that quarterfinal series against Ike to get to the final four. I'm not I'm not really that sold on either Sieg Strasbourg or Philo Ostend or even down in number six Liat Kabalos in Group A. Um, yeah, maybe Vecta, maybe even Banderma at number six. We haven't seen the best of them. Uh, this might be a team that you want to keep an eye open for. Yeah, Dave, what did uh, what did you think about for for this one? Anybody else who you think could make quite a bit of noise? Uh, this is kind of a kind of the Antwerp model. They were the fourth seed in the playoffs last year before they knocked off Morcia and then Nizhny and made it to the final four. I think Burgos is a team, you know, with that mix of, of veterans and, and, and inside and outside game and, and Peristeri, you know, I mean, I, I've talked about their, that three headed, uh, monster down low. And, you know, they also brought in, uh, Isaiah Cousins. We'll, we'll talk about the, the additions, uh, to the teams later on in the show. Uh, but, you know, bringing in a guy, you know, like Cousins, uh, who played with Jerusalem, you know, earlier this year. Um, you know, also brought in a new coach, you know, and, and so I, I, I think that, uh, that Peristeri is another one that, uh, you know, can really, uh, maybe give it a charge, uh, in the playoffs. Anybody else, uh, anybody else, um, that, uh, that you see in there? Yeah. I, Borgos was going to be my pick here. I think they could, they could cause some trouble. In fact, they're Rasta Fecta right now, they're number one in three-point percentage and three-point attempts. So if they catch fire, you know, they could really cause some problems. And then a couple teams that are in third place right now, but have the same records as some teams below them. Uh, Anvil at five and four, Zaragoza at five and four. If either of, of those teams fell to fourth place, I would be very disappointed to draw them as a number one team going into the playoffs because those would be some pretty tough matchups there. Jeff, I think the uh, the last question we have here for you. So the final four in the Basketball Champions League, the hosts the last three seasons were Tenerife in year one, Ike hosting it in Athens in year two, and Antwerp in year three. 
where would you like to see the final four in 2020? If you, if you have a couple options of some cities, uh, or some, some host arenas that would be good places for the final four this year. Well, I'll start with Jerusalem. I think that would be an obvious, uh, if they could get to the final four, um, I'd like to go somewhere new. So, uh, I think it's always fun to take it into different places. If Burgos were able to sneak in there and do some damage, that you know that that would be an electric final four because their fans really pack it out um and then um maybe uh even zaragoza if somehow they they turn things on and got it going we haven't had a final four in italy so sassari uh in sardinia i think it is right yeah. and also uh brindisi either of those two uh that would be a lot of fun although i i would I would still think that the dream, the dream location for me personally would be probably Jerusalem. That's probably the most fascinating city I've ever been to of all my travel. I think uh, as far as, you know, home game for me, Bamberg would be nice and easy for me for traveling. Um, but yeah, Jerusalem, obviously, uh, you mentioned, you mentioned um, Sosari on Sardinia and, and Brindisi, for those who don't know, that's actually um, in the middle of the heel of the boot of Southern Italy. Um, so that's a region I know I'll never get to. So, you know, if that would be, that would be a good place, uh, for the final four to, to be. And also I think for me, it would be interesting also to go East of Moscow. I mean, I know Jess probably traveled around Russia a little bit with, with all the, the, the stuff he's done, but you know, I've only been to, uh, I've only been to, uh, Sochi, um, and, uh, so to experience another part of Russia, I think would be kind of interesting, uh, uh, Austin, any, any place that you're kind of dreaming of, uh, of going to in, in Europe to, to watch a final four? Yeah, I, I, I agree with Jeff. I think Jerusalem would be an awesome pick if they make it. Um, I don't know. I don't know if they would do this. Uh, I'm not sure what the arena size is there, but it would be really cool to see Anvil hosted just in terms <laughs> of passionate fan bases and, and what an environment that would be if, if they could make it. Uh, so that would be pretty cool. I wouldn't mind seeing it in Poland. And yeah, of course, I, I would never complain about a basketball event in, in anywhere in Spain. Um, all right, Jeff, why don't we give you the final word um, since you're our, our guest this week? Why don't you, um, you know, whatever, just just uh, talk freely. Uh, just give us your the thing you're watching most uh, over the next, you know, one, two, three weeks um, as we kind of close down the, the regular season. Um, you know, just maybe your your thoughts about you know, where the, where the season is at right now and, and looking forward, just give us your final thoughts uh, looking forward. Uh, you know, it's, it's put up or shut up time for some of these teams. Uh, you know, Bamberg, even though they're in fifth place, uh, they're two games out. Uh, so they really need to come back, uh, hit the ground running uh, and, and, and really string together some wins uh, and finish. And then I, I would almost say that they almost have to win out uh, to get into that top four. Uh, you know, Bristol Bamberg is one is a, a team that made it to the final four last year. Um, they probably should have, they could very easily have had more wins than they have right now. Uh, some late executions hurt them. Um, I'm fascinated to see how group D is going to pan out. Uh, such a tight group, you know, the worst team you go down to Pauk and, and they're just two games out as well of, of, of that top four. So, uh, I think they just made some signings with, uh, Bobby Brown, um, so that'll be interesting to, uh, uh, to see how they do. Um, and, and really also in group B, it's, uh, you know what, these teams, 
have to win Bandirma, Rastavecta, Burgos, and Anvil. I mean, nothing, you know, Anvil might be in third place right now, but uh, they are teetering. That's, that's kind of how I feel. You know, it's uh, uh, they and Burgos, they know that they're going to have to pull out all stops, really, if they're going to get to the playoffs. Um, and, and the other thing is uh, with uh, the likes of Iberostar Tenerife, I mean, they've been there, they've done that, they know what it takes to get to the final four. Um, how are they going to finish the rest, the rest of the regular season? And, um, are we going to see an even better Veristar Tenerife come playoff time? Uh, but for the next three weeks, uh, I would hope also with Nimberg, I think they kind of really need to, to put an exclamation mark on the regular season. If, if we want to believe that they're for real, they need to come out and, and perform well over the next few weeks. All right. Fantastic uh, stuff, as always, uh, with uh, Jeff Taylor. So I looked it up, and Jeff, you were in Episodes 10 last year. That was December 7th. Uh, so if you want to go back, and, and, and uh, that's one actually where we go back a little bit more with your with your background. And then you were also on Podcast 25 last season. Um, so for those uh, who wanted to uh, catch up with uh, Jeff's background, there you can go. Jeff, uh, thanks a lot, and um, enjoy the games. Uh, uh, in, uh, happy New Year to you, and I guess uh, happy happy uh, Three Kings Day as well uh, there in Spain. I know that's a big celebration, uh, and uh, we'll talk again uh, in the near future. Thanks a lot, guys. Happy New Year. All right. Thanks again to Jeff Taylor for joining us on this week's show. Dave, it's uh, always good to chat with Jeff about the BCL. Yeah, always great. Uh, you know, he's obviously such a, a wealth of basketball knowledge and he's been around, you know, obviously first for, for, for the entirety of it. And it's, um, yeah, it's, it's fun to, it's fun to hear his perspective on things. Um, and, uh, yeah, just, uh, you know, um, I was actually, I was pretty happy, that he he might actually be higher on Bond than I am, you know, and 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 I'm the guy that that picked them to go pretty far, and you know he's he says them maybe even as a title contender, so that was uh that was refreshing to see somebody else, um uh, pretty high on on Bond. Did uh, did that did that not surprise you as someone who has been, I'm not gonna say reluctant, but you know it hasn't really been as as uh, as high as I am on on, on Bond. Yeah, I've I've been a little skeptical of them, but you know I think. Looking at their last five games in the BCL, they're four and one over that stretch. Uh, so yeah, I could definitely see them making some noise. I was a little surprised he mentioned them as title contenders, but yeah, yeah, me not, too. <laughs> not out of the realm of possibility. All right, and speaking of Bond, they are one of the teams that have made a new signing. They signed big man Alec Brown. And I'll just go through a list here of some other moves from around the Basketball Champions League that occurred during the holiday break. Hapoel Halone signed Joe Alexander. Jere Grant moved from Strasbourg to Ike Athens, giving them another big presence down in the paint. Jordan Theodore and coach Dusko Ivanovic left Besiktas. Hapoel Jerusalem signed John Holland and released Isaiah Cousins, who went to Peristeri. Nimberk signed Michael Dixon. Mornar signed Lance Harris. 
Dominique Sutton went to Brindisi, and Pauk added Bobby Brown and Clint Chapman. Uh, we maybe missed a move or two because there was a lot of action over the holidays. Uh, we'll we'll make sure to update that uh, next week if if uh, we missed something. But Dave, listening to that long list of players, uh, who do you think could have either the biggest impact, or or what is of those moves is the most interesting to you? Uh, first, I think it's amazing that you know Bobby Brown's still doing his thing, and it's going to be cool to to, to watch him. I haven't really been following his moves recently. Um, I think Alec Brown, uh, seven footer who can shoot from the outside, gives uh, you know Bonds low post players uh, some some nice room to to work around the basket. You know Subotic and and Broenig. Um, I it, it's hard to believe, but Mornar Bar actually got older. Uh, with Lance Harris, thirty-five. Uh, I, 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 I love. Uh, I mean, we both uh, are are huge Jure Grant fans, anyhow. Um, and bringing a guy like Grant to Ike, um, you know, I, I, I always thought those bigs were like the service serviceable role players. You know, Slaughter is is past his prime as far as a scoring threat and you know, basically, you know, can play good D and and uh, you know, um and Mavaritas, you know, you know, those are both aging players, you know, and then to bring in a big of that quality, man, that that just takes them that much higher in, in my eyes. Um I think Cousins, I mentioned, you know, Cousins going to Peristeria, I think that's gonna be a, a big one too. Um, Sutton to Brindisi. Yeah. I kind of like that. I, I, you know, I kind of wish that he was a little bit bigger, you know, I guess six, six, you know, I wish they would, you know, brought in like, you know, I was saying also, you know, like maybe six ten, you know, uh, six eleven, you know, shot blocker athletic guy, but you know, another guy that can, you know, has experience and can do things. Uh, I, I know I, I took, uh, I probably stole a lot of the thunder there. Um, maybe what do you, what do you think? Yeah. I think in terms of you know, if if we're talking which one of these will have the biggest impact on a potential championship race, then I think it's got to be Jure Grant going to Ike uh, for all all of the points that you made there. You know, Slaughter and Mavaridis are, are good big guys for sure. Uh, Slaughter's defense and rebounding in particular has been really important for Ike, but they don't have the scoring potential of Grant. So you add him into that mix with Langford and Santruz and uh, Machulis, that, that's a very, very dangerous team. So I think the uh, Grant move to Ike is big and at the same time is going to hurt Strasburg and they're in a fight right now trying to make mm. it into the playoffs uh, going up against Ostend, uh, Liet Kabilis, and Halone in Group A. So to lose Grant is, is going to be a tough blow for them. And then I'm interested uh, to see Michael Dixon at Nimburg. Uh, that's another team that's had a really strong season. Dixon has a lot of international experience. Uh, we mentioned, you know, Nimburg have a lot of young Americans. Now they've added a bit more of a veteran presence there in the backcourt. So it'll be interesting to see how that develops as well. Yeah, Strasbourg. Um, the the I think you know they lost by ten points at home to Dijon in in, in the league. Uh, and uh, I don't know. I'm 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 starting to maybe have to look at selling my stock. Uh, I you know definitely going to have to look at the first couple of games of of you know of of 2020 for their from their side. But uh, you know losing him was 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 pretty big. You know if you have uh, you know Ali Triore in in your in your fantasy basketball points for the BCL. I don't even know if something exists exists or whatever. But I think he's going to receive a boost in in production. So yeah, interesting to see how Vincent Collet's group uh, can handle these latest challenges as they look forward to the playoffs. 
let's look ahead, Dave, now to a game day 10 preview. The games finally return next week, Tuesday, January 7th. Looking at Tuesday's schedule, uh, there's a, a couple that really stand out to me. I'm really excited for Borgos versus Bandirma in Group B. Bandirma won the first game 84-81, and both of those teams are battling for playoff spots there in Group B. So definitely check that one out in Spain. Uh, what do you got from Tuesday, Dave? Yeah, I mean, we, we might see some clarity in Group B. Uh, you know, Feshta playing against Jerusalem 5-4 uh, and four and 6-3 and three with Jerusalem. Um, you know, and then you have you know Paul uh, Poe at 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 uh, two and seven again uh, playing host to Anvil. Um, Osten, you know, if they're gonna get into that race, they kind of need to win you know almost all their home games, and they faced a tough tough one uh, against Sasari. Uh, uh, and and Besiktas, six, you know, three and six. Uh, Bon six and three. Um, you know, in that uh, crazy Group D. Um. You know, there, there's a chance that we could have all eight teams uh, between six and four and four and six, w- which is actually not totally out of the realm of possibilities um, if you if the if the if the right results go down. So, um, you know, Group D can be totally chaotic, or we could get a little bit of separation uh, in that one. Yeah. Speaking of Group D for Wednesday's games, I'm really looking forward to Falco Zambate hosting Zaragoza. Zaragoza won the first game 70 to 69 in Spain. I mentioned in our conversation with Jeff that Falco is undefeated at home in the BCL right now. They've won three straight uh, going up against a Zaragoza team that's doing really well in the ACB. Both of those teams are five and four in Group D. So I'm excited for that one. Uh, what else from Wednesday's schedule jumps out to you, Dave? I think the big one is Peristeri Tenerife. You know, six and three and eight and one. Um, you know, Peristeri. We just talked about uh, them bringing in uh, Cousins, um, and you know, this is uh, this is for a chance for them to to make up some ground uh, and 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 move up uh, closer to the top in, in that group. Um, and uh, you know, also in Group A, to to in order to stay alive, I think uh, this is a crucial. You know, I, th- I think you're you're bordering on must win for Tyrone at Halone and Halone. You know, if they can if they can pull off a win, uh, you could you could if they could pull off a win with the right results, you can have a four way tie at four and six in Group A. So um, you know, really playoff hopes. Uh, you know, really, this is almost a do or die. The loser of this game is going to really have a tough one. Um, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Brindisi beat uh, Dijon. Um, you know, it's uh, uh, they're also in that in that mix uh, in Group D. Um, you know, right outside the 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 right inside the 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 race for the playoffs, the lower ranks of of the standings. So. Uh, Four and five, and they're playing at six and three. Dijon, who you know, I'm you know, everybody who's listened to the show, before, you know, over the course of the season knows I'm not that that high on them. Um, and they got to go down to you know Southern Italy, and uh, and I think Brindisi is gonna gonna get the victory. Just you know, they're as they're as athletic as as Dijon, so I think that they'll pull that one out. All right, so Dave is rooting for more chaos in Group D. He's calling an upset <laughs> with Brindisi beating Dijon, and throwing Group D into further amounts of uh, chaos and disarray. Uh, Dave, any uh, any final thoughts before we wrap this up? Uh, just happy 
that it's back, you know, I mean, two weeks off, uh, you know, obviously, you know, those celebrating Christmas had, had a lot of, uh, stuff going on and, uh, you know, it, it was, it was nice to, to get a break time-wise, work-wise, you know, it's a lot of work to, to watch the games. It's fun, but it's a lot of work to watch the games. So it was nice to, to have that break. But on the other hand, it, it's, uh, you know, looking forward to, to see how the, the rest of the regular season, you know, Jeff, you know, mentioned, you know, we're, we're in the home stretch now, you know I mean? You know, you, it, it, he said, you know, put up or shut up. And, and a lot of these teams, you know, uh, they need to, they need to do it. So, uh, it's, it's cool. What well, and, um, you know, so, uh, and you, what, what's, what's your, what's your, uh, your big, uh, your big uh, look at uh, for this this week, you know, just looking forward. Uh, how happy are you t- that this whole thing is uh, getting back? Yeah, it's going to be awesome to have the basketball champions league back. Like you guys mentioned, only five regular season games remain for each of these teams, so it's going to be intense playoff like atmospheres over the next couple weeks as these teams uh, battle and try to stay alive and like Jeff mentioned I'm really interested to see if Bomberg can put together a comeback here because they're a uh, a prestige club within the competition but right now they're two games out of the playoffs with five remaining so I'm really interested to see if they can make a run and uh, yeah just to see how the the playoff picture looks next week after this round of games it's going to be really fascinating to watch so That's going to do it for this week's episode. Make sure you subscribe to livebasketball.tv to watch all of these games live or on demand. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at basketballcl and check out championsleague.basketball, the official website, to read all of the latest articles from Dave and our other writers as they help you uh, get through the Champions League season. Thanks again to Jeff Taylor for joining us on this week's episode. For David Hine over in Germany, my name is Austin Green, and this has been BCL Coast to Coast. Baby, baby, baby.